in the ascension, human nature is taken up into the heavens. The sun returns and he bears the scars of his sojourn on earth. He has marks in his hands, a wound in his side. And he sits at the right hand of the Father in the place of authority and power. And he sits there as an advocate. Caesar's court was a court in which he was the judge, in which he made the decisions. The high priest's temple was a court in which he adjudicated between disputes that were brought to him. The heavenly throne room is a courtroom. The Father is the judge, and humanity is in the dock. The evidence of our crimes is plain for all to see. Just look at human history. Look at the interesting times in which we live. Major crimes, major sins, genocide, minor crimes, the crimes of our hearts. We are silent. Who will speak in our defense? Jesus is the advocate. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the bridge builder. He steps forward. He does not plead. He does not beg for mercy. There is no bargaining. He does not deny the evidence. He doesn't question the reasoning. He doesn't try and delay the procedures. He doesn't look for a technicality in which the accused might get off. He steps forward and he shows his hands and he shows his wounds and he intercedes. He stands between and he mediates. He shows his wounds and in doing so he says... Justice has been served. Sin has been punished. Atonement has been made. A sacrifice has been offered. A debt has been paid. His scars echo his words upon the cross. It is finished. He has lived the life we could not live and died the death humanity deserves. He is a greater priest because he is in a greater court. And he is a greater priest because of who he is. From our reading. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Do you understand me? It's a question I often ask myself as I'm preaching. Do you, do you understand me? Do you get me? Do you know me? It's a question we all ask at different times. Do you understand me? Do you get me? Does anyone understand me? Does anyone know me? Does anyone know the real me? Jesus gets us. He really gets us. And he loves us. He really loves us. He's not aloof. He's not far removed. He's not irrelevant. He's not unable to sympathize with us. 
Jesus felt the same pulls and letdowns that we do. He understands our weaknesses. You say he doesn't understand the allure of the internet. He doesn't know the pressures of the modern workplace. Well, times change, but human nature doesn't. Human nature has not changed in 2,000 years. The form may be different, but the reality of temptation is the same. You say he doesn't understand my struggles. How could he? He was never married. He never knew spousal abuse. He never knew the loss of a child. He was never crippled by debt. He didn't have a disability. He never lost a job. And so on and so on. But the point here is not that Jesus experienced everything that everyone experiences. Or suffered and was tempted with the exact same sufferings and temptations that we know. It's that through Jesus, God shows us something. And he shows us his solidarity with us in our suffering and our temptation and our weaknesses. The God of heaven knows what life is like. The God of heaven knows the secrets of our hearts. The Father did not send the Son on some long expeditionary journey to some planet far, far away that he would find out what life is like. In this Christmas season we're approaching, we're reminded that God is Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus comes not to find out what life is like, but to show that God is with us in this life to play by the same rules, to live and die as we live and die, and in doing so to win eternal life for all who will trust in him. Caesar was a tyrant. Men feared his approach. The high priest at the time of Hebrews, this letter was written, was a man called Phineas. Josephus wrote of him. He says this. He was a man unworthy of the office, an actor with a false face. Who is your high priest? Who will be your high priest was a question that was asked to the Hebrews. A tyrant or a hypocrite? Or what about Jesus? Here's how Jesus is described. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, a man familiar with suffering. There is nothing that you will have experienced or are yet to experience that he doesn't deeply understand. And there need be no fear in approaching him when you are weak, when you mess up, when you failed again and again. He sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He's a greater high priest because he's in a greater court. He's a greater high priest because of who he is. And he's a greater high priest because of what he has done. In his book, Written in Blood, Robert Coleman tells a story of a young boy and his sister. 
Uh, the young boy had been ill and had recovered, and then his sister fell ill with the same disease, the same illness uh, that her brother had had. The doctor explained that since uh, the girl was so ill, she needed to have a blood transfusion. And there were two criteria for the match that she would need. She would have to have a match of blood from somebody who'd had the same condition that she had had but had recovered. And genetically, they needed to be a relatively close relative. Since the two children had the same rare blood type, the boy was the ideal donor. A meeting was arranged in the doctor's office. The children were there, the parents were there, the situation was explained. Would you give your blood to Mary? The doctor asked. Johnny hesitated. His lower lip started to tremble. And then he smiled and said, For my sister? Sure, for my sister, yes. Very shortly, the two children were wheeled into the hospital room. Mary, pale and thin. Johnny, robust and healthy. Neither spoke. But when their eyes met, Johnny grinned. As the nurse inserted the needle into his arm, Johnny's smile faded. He saw the blood flow through the tube. With the ordeal almost over, his voice slightly shaky broke the silence. He asked a question. Doctor, when do I die? Only then did the doctor realise why Johnny had hesitated, why his lip had trembled when he agreed to donate his blood. He'd misunderstood. He thought that giving his blood to his sister meant giving her all of his blood, giving up his life. And in that brief moment, he had made his great decision. Johnny was mistaken. Mercifully, he didn't have to give up his life for his sister. But another saviour does. Another redeemer does. Another rescuer does. The Lord Jesus does that for those whom he loves. He who knew no sin becomes sin for us. The healthy gives up his life for the sick. The good gives up his life for the corrupt. The perfect gives up his life for the broken. Caesar would offer many sacrifices and demand sacrifices from those who followed him. A political act, a means of manipulation. Once a year, the Jewish high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary of the temple, and offer a sacrifice for the sin of the people. And the next year, and the next year, and the next year, that sacrifice would be repeated. Jesus is the greater high priest because he offers a greater sacrifice. God himself laying down his life for those he loves. A greater sacrifice that can never and need never be repeated. You have a great high priest. You have a great advocate. He is great because he sits in a greater court, the court of heaven, and advocates on our behalf. You have 
the greatest high priest. A great high priest because of who he is, able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, who has suffered as we suffer, been tempted as we are tempted. You have a great high priest because of what he has done. As Peter puts it, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for him. By his wounds, you have been healed. You have a great high priest, a great pontifex maximus, the true pontifex maximus. And two things flow from this in our reading. Two therefores. And I'll leave these with you. Therefore, verse 14, since we have a great high priest, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. In these interesting times, in these difficult times, in these challenging times, let us hold on to the one who holds on to us. Hold fast. And secondly, come close. Therefore, come close. Verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We will all have different times of need. Some of those are painful, some of those we're not quite sure what's going on. Some of those are very near and raw, some of those are further away, some are yet to come. Where will we go in our time of need? To whom will we turn? Let us then approach God's throne, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us. From our great high priest, who sympathizes with us in every situation. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, and we pray that by your spirit you take this truth and apply it to our hearts. For those of us who are far off, that you would draw us closer. For those of us who are near but troubled, you would offer balm to our spirits. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that we can boldly approach him. And we pray that you give us the confidence to do so. In his mighty name we pray. Amen. stand and sing a song which sums up uh, something of what I've been trying to say this morning. Uh, Please stand.